Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series at the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Hello uh, and welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast for the, Re- for the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. My name is Leticia Thyssen, FEPS Policy Advisor for Gender Equality at FEPS. As the leading European progressive think tank, FEP strongly believes that social justice cannot be achieved without gender equality. That is why FEPS places women's rights issue at the center of its work. And in today's podcast, in the context of the 25th anniversary of the Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action, we will take this opportunity to address international women's rights. And we have the pleasure and great honor to be joined by UN Women Brussels Director, Ms. Dagmar Schumacher. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome. I mean, I'm very happy to be here. Good afternoon. Uh, to start with, could you first tell us a bit more about yourself, your personal fight for gender equality and about you and women in the second place? Well, um, yes, my name is Dagmar Schumacher. I'm the director of UN Women here in Brussels uh, with the European Union. We work on three issues as UN Women, mainly on policy dialogue, joint advocacy and joint programming. UN Women is the United Nations Entity for Gender Equality and Women's Empowerment. Um, We were founded about 10 years ago, also responding to the need for advancing the gender equality um, agenda much more prominently in the world. Why am I working on gender equality issues? Um, I just cannot believe that in 2020 there is no country yet in the whole world that has achieved gender equality. We need to do something about that and I am personally extremely committed to this cause. Thank you for this answer. Uh, As you said, uh, we are in 2020 and still no single country has achieved gender equality. Uh, And in this year, we are looking uh, at a very special year for the global fight for women's rights. Significant anniversaries and milestones are in the horizon. Exactly 25 years ago, a visionary roadmap for policymakers and activists, uh, Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action, was adopted at the Fourth World Conference of Women. But also the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and Sustainable Development Goals will also mark a symbolic milestone for, its ten, for 10 years left towards its achievement. 2020 is therefore a crucial year for the accelerated realization of gender equality and the empowerment of women and girls everywhere in the world. For our listeners, uh, would you explain what the Beijing Declaration adopted in 1995 is all about? Yes, with pleasure. The Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action of 1995, as you mentioned, was endorsed by 189 governments at this fourth World Conference on Women and is really until today the most visionary agenda for the human rights of women and girls everywhere. It became for the women's movement what the UN Charter is for UN member states, a place of real historic consensual agreement that we can lean on in the face of disagreements and changing administrations. And at that time in 1995, governments committed to take strategic bold actions in 12 critical areas of concern and really set out what is necessary to remove systemic barriers that hold women back from equal participation in all areas of life, both publicly and also privately. And I just want to mention those 12 areas because they are still so relevant in today's life. Women and the environment, women in power and decision making, the girl-child, women and the economy, 
women and poverty, number six, violence against women, human rights of women, education and training of women, institutional mechanisms for the advancement of women, then of course women and health, women and the media, and women and armed conflict. It really set us on a path to separating out women's issues distinctly. I mean, it was really only after 1995 that we began to understand the girl child as having really different needs than the boy child. And also at that time we began to question the framing of laws and to see that they do not always impact um, everyone equally. That we really, uh, and also that it helped that we created institutions in society such as women's ministries and gender commissions. Um, we also became much stronger after 1995 in pinpointing the abnormality of underrepresentation of women and girls in important sectors of work and in leadership positions. And also new vocabulary emerged. I mean, for example, affirmative action and minority rights. That was really developed and introduced in the context of 1995. So as you can see, really a lot of groundbreaking work was done and a tremendous uh, commitment was achieved by all the governments, I mean the 189 governments who were there in Beijing. And also, of course, with a lot of push from civil society at that time. So you mentioned that the Beijing Declaration is a visionary blueprint for action in terms of uh, progress for women's rights that is still very uh, relevant nowadays, that it has achieved many goals. But when it comes to the to the remaining gaps, uh, what are the specific areas that uh, still need to be tackled 25 years later? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe I, I start a little bit with progress made because I think it's always important to also raise the issues that are really, really um, working well and where we do see um, successes and where we do see changes. A few statistics, maybe one, 131 countries have removed discriminatory laws. That's great. More girls are in school than ever before. More countries have ge uh, reached gender parity in educational enrollment. I really think one of the major successes. The global matern uh, maternal mortality ratio has decreased significantly and the proportion of birth attended by a skilled attendant increased 12% in the last decade. I mean, these are just five areas. There are more, but maybe I stop here. Um, but then to come back, uh, Leticia, to your question, um, we risk really overestimating the progress made. The UN Secretary General's report um, shows that progress towards gender equality has stalled and even reversed in some areas. Um, women everywhere still work more hours, earn less, have fewer choices, are disproportionately underrepresented and risk violence both at home and in public spaces. And then more than 75% of members in parliament around the world are not women but men. 
The gender labor force has stagnated at 31 percentage points globally over the past 20 years and on average do three times, I mean women, uh, do on average three times as much unpaid care and domestic work as men. And I mean we really should not underestimate that figure. Um, three times more means three times less being engaged possibly also in income generating um, opportunities which will have an impact on the pay um, gap between men and women, but also on the pension fund later in, in this later part of their lives. Um, and then while we have seen so much more advocacy around the topic um, uh, of ending violence against women, and here I want to really pay tribute to Me Too and Neona Menos, um, so we have really reached um, a lot of progress there. We still see that one in three women around the world are impacted by gender-based violence, and very often this is by intimate partners. This is at home, domestic violence, I mean, this is the place where women should feel the safest and they are not necessarily safe. I mean, maybe I can add something else, which also is really important. In 2019, 100 million, 190 million women of reproductive age worldwide lacked access to contraceptive methods. And if we continue at the same pace that we are currently, uh, the gender gap in economic participation and uh, economic opportunity for women won't close for another, please hold your breath, 257 years. And this estimated time keeps increasing. Uh, this data is from the um, latest World Economic Forum's Global Gender Gap Report. So really very fresh data, very shocking data. As you, uh, you highlight quite well, uh, despite the, the progress achieved so far, real change has been rather slow and no country achieved gender equality as already mentioned the world is facing unprecedented challenges including including the, the climate crisis rising inequalities threat to multilateralism and so progress on girls and women is highly at risk now no later than just a week ago un women uh, together with feminist actors across the world governments uh, of mexico and france in particular announced the so-called action coalition themes for the generation equality forum to be held in mexico city and paris this year what exactly is the generation equality forum about um i'll, I'll come to that i i just want to say um as a chapeau we know that change can happen and what we really need is enough financial resources and political will to make that happen. And I come back to that um, when we talk about generation equality. Um, but what, what does that mean, enough financial resources and political will? We really need a combination of legal reforms, bold government policies, and of really giving women access to services and resources. We really need to address the persistent social and cultural norms that discriminate and that is very much around everything um, that has to do with gender stereotyping. I, I mean, at, at times I thought we have really overcome gender stereotyping. If I now go to a supermarket, I really think we have 
totally not overcome it because you see so many products that are only for girls or only for boys and we see so much gender stereotyping also in, in the advertisement um, industry. So we are really happy that we are working with the private sector on the Unstereotype Alliance to really tackle that gender stereotyping for once and for all. And above all, um, after those two points I mentioned, adequate financing is required to translate commitments into action. And here I want to mention that when we look at health and education, and these figures I shared earlier, it shows that where funding is available, things change. Because definitely we have seen that, particularly in the education and health sector over the last 25 years, a lot of investment was made and we really see this is where best progress is made. So we just need also that financial commitment in addition to the political will. So now we come to generation equality. Yes, as we know, it's 25 years after the Beijing conference and we now have launched a multi-generational generation equality campaign that brings together generations of women rights activists who can help empower women and girls around the world. And together with all these people and feminists across the world um, and stakeholders, the governments of Mexico and France, together with UN Women, who is convening the forum, will celebrate the Generation Equality Forum in Mexico City from 7 to 8 May and in Paris from 7 to 10 July 2020. This Generation Equality Forum will launch a set, as you mentioned, um, of six catalytic action coalitions to drive investment and really produce tangible, irreversible results on gender equality during this UN decade of action from 2020 to 2030 to deliver the Sustainable Development Goals. And, and Leticia, at the beginning, and I was so happy you did that, you mentioned the Sustainable Development Goals um, because they are really also the blueprint um, from, I mean, five years ago where also uh, uh, governments around the world really have committed uh, to take actions. So what are these, uh, what are the themes of these uh, action coalitions? Um, the first one is gender-based violence. The second, economic justice and rights. The third one, bodily autonomy and sexual and reproductive health and rights. Fourth, feminist action for climate justice. Five, technology and innovation for gender equality. And the last but very important one also feminist movements and leadership. So when you look at them, it's really a combination of what was already a major issue in 1995 and what are also some of the emerging issues um, in the year 2020. So these action coalitions are global, innovative, multi-stakeholder partnerships that will mobilize governments, civil society, international organizations and the private sector to catalyze collective action, spark global and local conversations among generations. Very, very important. We need that intergenerational dialogue. Then thirdly, drive also increased public and private investment and really deliver concrete game-changing results across generations for girls and women. So in a way we could say that uh, this 
action coalitions are a tool in order to uh, to achieve real action in the in the field of gender equality because now we know the figures already 25 years ago and the uh, people are simply calling for real actions to be taken at present um, there is one element that uh, that is quite important to uh, to highlight here is the central role that is given to young people mm-hmm. to young women uh, to young men as well as to civil society. Uh, could you elaborate a bit further uh, in the importance also to, uh, to involve uh, young people in the, in the process, as well as uh, civil society actors? Yeah, extremely important point you are raising, uh, Leticia. Um, of course, 1995, um, many people have not, I mean, even been born um, who are now the activists of today's world. So what does, the 1995 document mean to them. And the whole idea of really focusing on youth is now to bring the young generation on board. And as I mentioned, it should be really an intergenerational dialogue. But young people with their drive and enthusiasm and their leadership really should also be at the forefront of this movement to change the world and to really make gender equality um, a reality. Uh, last August, um, we established the Beijing Plus 25 Youth Task Force, a body comprising of 30 young leaders from different youth-led and youth-serving organizations with very diverse areas of expertise and from all regions of the world. They really represent uh, people in all their diversity. And this um, youth body is really working to support and guide our efforts to place young people at the center of the Beijing Plus 25 process. We will be in uh, March um, 2020, again, um, have the Commission on the Status of Women in New York. Um, Again, like in the previous years, there will be also a youth group and a youth gathering in the context of the Commission on the Status of Women to really also give um, impetus uh, to the issue and and to really underpin the important role that um, young people play in this process. I also want to mention, um, while I have been talking about the forum in Mexico and in Paris, we will also have an intergovernmental uh, process and an intergovernmental momentum, uh, which will be on 23rd of September at the United Nations General Assembly in New York um, in 2020. This will also really be an important point to move further after the adoption of the action coalitions in Paris um, in July 2020. Okay, so uh, concrete action is going to follow up uh, in uh, the upcoming months. Uh, We have March 2020 with the CSW, which, by the way, uh, is always playing a very active uh, role in monitoring and reviewing uh, progress uh, towards the achievement of Beijing. Uh, But then we'll also keep in mind the General uh, Assembly. Uh, Now, yourself as uh, the UN Women Office in Brussels, 
could you tell us a bit more so about the, the, um, the relationship with the European Union? We know that uh, currently the newly appointed Commission has made the fight for gender equality one of its, its top priorities. There, is, uh, uh, there has been an announcement for a gender equality strategy that is going to be released soon. So to what extent uh, do, uh, do you also work in close uh, collaboration with the European Union and how uh, are both institutions mutually reinforcing? Yeah, we are very excited about um, the focus of the new European Commission and leadership on gender equality and women's empowerment. This is really a very positive sign and a wonderful signal also in the context of 2020. You mentioned already the um, envisaged uh, gender equality strategy. Again, we are very happy that the European Commission decided to have a strategy on gender equality. I think this is key and again sends a very important signal to the world um, and also to the member states. So we um, are very happy about that and, and we really look forward um, to work with, with this new uh, European Commission on those topics. So we have already engaged in dialogue with the Commission and the European Union institutions on Beijing Plus 25 and generation equality. We would be delighted if the European uh, Union would take the leadership for one of the action coalitions and to be a real strong partner in the action coalitions and then in the way forward after the adoption of, of the action coalition. So we really look forward to work with, with the European Union leadership on that. Mm -hmm. So clearly 2020 uh, is hailed uh, as a transformative year for gender equality. So uh, if I may ask uh, for, for your, your own opinion, what, what are your main, uh, main hopes uh, for the outcomes of uh, the whole uh, Beijing 25 process and for the next 25 years? Well, I mean, a few. One, that we really will come out with a strong movement on achieving gender equality. And here I want to also refer to a joint initiative, a strategic initiative between the EU and the UN, the so-called Spotlight Initiative to End Violence Against Women Worldwide, where we also want to create a movement on ending violence against women. I believe now that we have an action coalition also on gender-based violence and we have the Spotlight Initiative that will give a very strong impetus to the issue and, and I really look forward to seeing major progress so that this figure that I mentioned at the beginning, one in three women um, being exposed to violence against women will really change and change for the better and dramatically change for the better. Secondly, so besides this movement building that we really see progress in all these areas of action that I have pointed out at the beginning, but also with regard to the emerging topics um, over the last year. So this could be cyber violence this could be digitalization, this could be artificial intelligence, that we are not reinforcing the same gaps that we have seen uh, when it comes to men and women um, than for other topics. And that in 25 years from now, there will be the majority of countries who will be gender equal instead of none as it is currently. Rather a positive uh, outlook, let's say, or let's hope for it. 
Yes, and, and that we can really talk about Planet 5050 and that we can see we have achieved uh, SDG goal number five and mm -hmm. we have made sure that gender equality in all the other 16 goals of the SDGs really also became a reality. So let's, let's hope that in 25 years' time uh, we'll be talking uh, as this was a, was a past story indeed. That would be um, wonderful. In order to, to, to finish this, uh, this discussion uh, on a rather cultural note, uh, I would like to ask you about uh, what is your favorite inspirational uh, artist that uh, you would like to, uh, to share with us today? Oh, that's a wonderful question. Thank you, Leticia. Many things come to my mind. And particularly also about feminist books. Maybe I can share UN Women published last year um, in, I think, April it was, a list of 12 um, feminist books that everybody should read. So maybe um, I will share my own thoughts on that, but maybe for anyone who is listening to that po uh, podcast, maybe you will find an inspiring book among those 12. For me, for myself, I want to mention a few. Um, one maybe which is a very unusual one but which has influenced me very much when I was a young a uh, student is still in high school, um, and that is uh, Madame Bovary from Gustave Flaubert, something that doesn't usually um, show up in the lists of books when you talk about feminism, but it was really for me when I was maybe 16 at that time, a book where I thought, how unequal is the world and how fewer opportunities does the woman have in comparison to the men? So for me, this was really the debut of my um, engagement on gender equality and my thinking around gender equality. Um, I also want to, of course, mention Simone uh, de, de Beauvoir, The Second Sex. I think that's also such a classic uh, one and it is an important book that I really think gives inspiration all, all the time because it really does an analysis of what does it mean to be the other. Now with uh, something maybe more recent, I do want to mention the book of um, Alexander de Croo who has written this book of um, the age of women, why feminism also liberates men, because this is something we haven't spoken so much um, about now, but the role of men and boys will be so important and we will need a lot of male leadership um, who really also will push for gender equality. And I think this book gives, gives a lot of inspiration for that. And if I still have time, I'll um, mention also a, a, a movie or not, I mean, a movie and also an artist. The artist is Frida Kahlo as a painter in, in Mexico who has really uh, also driven the gender equality uh, gender forward through her paintings but also how she conducted her life, her thoughts, her engagement and also her struggle. Also for me very inspirational and, and there was also a film about that and about her life which I also found extremely inspirational. And then I mean something which is being released in 2020, there is um, a new film called um, Woman from Jan Arthus Bertrand and Anastasia Mikova. I think that will also be a really interesting film to watch in 2020, and I think it couldn't be a better title in this commemorative year for uh, 1995 plus 25 years. Thank you for, for sharing uh, your tips. Definitely something to add on the to, to read or to watch list uh, for this year. And clearly, culture is an important aspect also for understanding 
each other better and uh, creating a, a more equal world. So something not to be underestimated at all. Uh, let me thank you very much for our very insightful conversation. Uh, we are grateful that uh, you took the time uh, to, uh, to have uh, this, uh, this exchange together with us. And to our listeners, I invite you to stay in touch with VAPS uh, through our website, our newsletter or even social media. And uh, you, will be, you will be able also to, uh, to follow all of our activities, including those uh, related to, uh, to Beijing 25 uh, in this year. Thank you very much. Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag FEPSTalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned.